It's actually so different standing up here today from yesterday. Wow, it was incredible and amazing experience as well and to see God reaching out to everybody. We had this whole sanctuary lined on the walls here with uniformed men. Men were also sitting everywhere else as well. But the way they came together to honor a fallen warrior was amazing. And their passion, even though they didn't even know her or know much about her, they all came to honor her. The detail, the commitment, the focus. They were here by quarter past seven. They were honor God here, committed to honor their fallen. It was a real amazing experience to see the commitment there. This passage today I've called, Come Follow Me. And as I thought about it, come follow me. If I, I have to keep reminding myself, Jesus is saying, come follow me. He's not saying, I'll follow you in what you're doing. He's saying, come follow me. And in Deuteronomy that Brandon referred to there, he said, I've gone ahead of you. He's prepared the way. He's planned this all out. It's up to us to follow him. Have you given this statement much thought? Come follow me. Luke recorded how Mary pondered things she heard in her heart. Do you ponder these words, come follow me, much? Because it takes a lot of commitment to do that. As we will see in the passage here. We need to think on this statement, come follow me. I think a lot of people today look at the words in God's word and turn it around in their mind to suit their lifestyle. They're not really reading it and applying it to their lives. People know Jesus has said always, I'll be with you. So do they assume that he is following us? Do we just assume God is just going to go wherever we go? But that's not what it's saying. It's saying, come follow me. Are we sure we're doing what God has called us to do? We ought to follow Jesus because it's an invitation. He's saying, come follow me. He's inviting you to follow him on this journey. Let's take a look at uh, Luke chapter 5 and see what God wants us to learn as we look through verses 1 through 11. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake Gesserit, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. They've been working hard. They do this at night, and they're washing their nets, cleaning it, all the salt off, preparing for the next night. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Think about that, how inconvenienced this would be for them. It just said they've been washing their nets. It's a big chore, that, with fresh water, carrying it down there to clean the nets on the beach. I watched... People in Mozambique do this because they still fish the same way. They go out in these mahogany boats they've dug out. It's a hardwood tree. And they go out there 
one goes out like that and they're trawling this net on, they come back around. These guys are holding here and when they get out of their boat here, they start to pull these nets in to bring in the fish. But these in Mozambique, they do it during the day, early morning. And then they've got to clean these nets. They've got to carry fresh water down to get the salt off their nets and take out all the scales and all the fish mess that they brought in. So this is a huge thing. And now he's saying, let's go out now. Simon answered and said to the master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the boat, in the other boat, for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear from now on, from now on, sorry, from now on you will be catching men. <clears throat> when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. People were following Jesus. We see that crowds were gathered and pressing against him. How do crowds get formed? Think about that for a moment. And why would Jesus want to get in a boat and go out into the water a little bit? Being a fisherman myself, when I was in tournaments and fishing, we would see new fishermen come on and they would have beginner's luck. It was easy to follow them to see where they were catching. Because when they caught one, they would shout out, Oh, look what I got. And his partner would say, What did you catch it on? And he would say, A silver, luke, gray color, this and that. And so we would all change our lures and start casting. We knew what the fish were biting. Sound travels over water incredibly. It sort of amplifies it. It bounces off the water. You can hear people from a long distance away. So Jesus was using the water to help get his message out. But it made me think over and over, how did the crowd develop? Why was this crowd growing and growing and growing so much? The crowd grows because of word of mouth. People were sharing what they were hearing, what they were learning. They were telling others around them, wherever they lived, they were saying what they were hearing. Are we doing that? Are we going about telling people about what we know about Jesus Christ? What we're reading in the Bible? People that are following through the Bible now has grown in numbers here, and I'm really grateful for that and, and the Lord working in your hearts to do that. But I love hearing how so many of you are saying, wow, I had no idea God did this. I have no idea God had already said we should not do this. That he laid it out so detailed for us to follow. Other comments are, my goodness, where did tolerance come from? How have we tolerated this? Why have we changed and allowed these things to happen? Incredible to see. People were sharing. The word was spreading and they were gathering to hear more. Are we spreading the word? Are we sharing it to help others? So what should we do about this? The next part, these next verses, 4 and 5, if you look with me there, 
this really speaks volumes to me in the next couple of verses. And it's all about obedience and faith here. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. Here we see Jesus telling Simon what to do. And Simon's response, Simon's a professional fisherman. He's a businessman. He has partners in his business. This guy knows what he's doing. He knows how this makes money, how this provides for his family, and his community. His response is awesome. How he handles this. He's looking at the carpenter's son. He hasn't got to know Jesus that well from what we know. But here's Jesus telling him what to do. And his reply. He chooses words carefully. Respectfully. He tells Jesus that the fish. Are only caught at night. That's what he's basically saying there. Trying to tell the carpenter's son. That he's not going to catch any fish now. But he doesn't want to embarrass him. Verse 6 says, And when, when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. What are we seeing here now? God again doing the impossible. Here is Simon, a guy in business, He has partners in his business. He knows what he's doing. How many of us are like that here today? When I was in business, I learned it. I studied it. I knew what I was doing. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. And then Jesus tells him to do something that makes absolutely no sense. We'll see faith through this too. When they had done this. This is when you see the impossible being the possible. It's not till you do it do you see the impossible becoming impossible. When God's calling you, asking you to do something, it doesn't seem possible. It seems ridiculous. It seems that there's no way through that. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You're not going to see it come through if you don't step out in faith. You won't see the impossible made possible. When they had done this, Again, we see God telling us over and over, when it doesn't make sense, just do it. If you want to experience God's blessings in a new way, get ready to leave your comfort zone. Get ready to be asked to change, to do something different. When Jesus called his disciples, they were on familiar turf doing what they knew best. They were comfortable. But they had to stay, but they couldn't stay where they were at to follow him. And neither can you. If you really want to see this happening in your life, you want to see this incredible journey unraveled. What has God got planned? And you want to see that. You're going to have to ask him. You're going to have to be ready to be moved. You might be really comfortable now, but maybe he wants to make a change in your life. Take a look at verse 7 with me here. It says, So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. Unbelievable. 
Can you imagine? This is a ripple effect. He started with Simon Peter being obedient. Okay, Master, I'll do this. But, you know, you need to really know about this kind of thing. And now we've got another boat coming along. So when you, you're being obedient to God and following Him, that's going to have a ripple effect on everybody else. At the funeral yesterday, Amanda's mom so wanted that ripple effect from her daughter. She said to us, I do not want my daughter's death to be in vain. I want the gospel preached. I want people to know about salvation. I really want this out there. And she wouldn't stop. Please make sure that everybody that comes, everybody that attends, they got to hear the truth about salvation. As you step out in faith and be obedient to God, there's going to be a ripple effect. Not only will you be going, wow, just take a look at what God is doing. He gets glorified, magnified by your, 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 what's the word for it? You just cannot see it. And when it happens to you, you are absolutely blown away. What took place for me, and I know a lot of you were praying over and over for this funeral. And those prayers were working, I can guarantee you. This was a hard thing for me to do as I kept reflecting back to the Rhodesian War and all the fallen soldiers that I was around there. To be thinking of the bagpipes. My dad is Scottish. And how our country was a British colony. We had those bagpipes played over and over. And it was always for a death. The buglist. I grew up in a high school that they used to call you for roll call with a bugler. I started having all these thoughts. How am I going to stand up here and be able to compose myself to deliver a message? To deliver the gospel. Prayers came through mightily for me to be able to do that. How can we all live this out together? By coming together and praying. Your prayers were unbelievable yesterday. The service went really well. James said, you do not have because you do not ask. If we come together and start praying to see God do the impossible, to see God turn our our lives around, that we have a story to tell, a journey to go on. Our lives being impacted, our prayers being answered. We have to come together and ask. Another thing we can do is reading God's word consistently. Constantly. The whole word of God. And go on the journey with God through the Bible. Get to know him. Understand his plan and his purpose. It opens your eyes to see where we've all gone wrong. How the whole world has gone wrong. When he has it all laid out. All the way here. Don't do this. Don't do that. If you do do this, this is what I'll do for you. But if you don't do this, this is what I'm going to do to you. And the world has chosen not to do what he's asked us to do. Verse 8 says, But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. This really resonates with me personally. From the day I made a decision to invite Jesus Christ into my life, into my heart, to believe in him, to trust him, and to love his people, the church, I found many times I've been crying, weeping. I didn't understand it till someone pointed out the word grace. But this is what Peter's finding here, Simon Peter. See, we all know who we are, what kind of person we've been, 
unless you've forgotten. I haven't. And then God shows this kind of love, this kind of experience, His power right in, in the midst of you. It's just overwhelming. Peter was over, totally overwhelmed to see what God's power worked right in front of him. He was experiencing God's grace, getting what he did not deserve at all. You may think you're in control. I did for a long time. Everything I got involved in, I got into the control side of it. You think you know what you're doing. And then God steps in and tells you to do something that makes no sense whatsoever. Like for Brandon. All of a sudden, God started to work on him and it wasn't making any sense. It seemed impossible. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 verses that I hold on to desperately in sometimes when the Lord has called on me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You see what that's saying? It's really hard to understand this call. Think about these fishermen and don't see it as just fishermen. Put yourself in whatever you're in, whatever business you're involved in right now. See, I think people tend to think, oh, well, they're just fishermen. They had nothing. They're just poor fishermen. No, it's not like fishermen around Africa. This was a business. This guy had partners. So think about whatever business you're in and be ready to see when Jesus says, come follow me. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Are we doing that? Because that's how the crowd forms. That's how people start to follow you. Paul said, imitate those who are worthy of imitating. Who's imitating you? Who wants to be like you in following the word of God? Acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. So you start doing what he's asking you to do. Look what he's saying. I will make your path straight. And do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Let's look at verse 9. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. Verse 10. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Put yourself in this position as you're reading this story. Are you going to say, God, let's do this? Or are you just going to go, wow, this man looks pretty brave. And turn over the page and read something else. Or are you going to say, God, am I following you? Am I on the right path? Am I on the right page of your journey with me? Am I following you? Or am I thinking you're following me? Think about what these men have just done. Think about what Jesus is saying. Do not fear. From now on you'll be catching men. Are we catching men? We have this um, stepping up the 8th of March. Are we going to invite someone? Or is it just another advertising out there? Or are we going to accept a challenge? This whole week, being around all these men in uniform, they kept talking about a challenge coin. Who knows what a challenge coin is? Pastor Jake does. Anybody else? You do? Do you have a challenge coin with you? Do you have it on you? You do.
Now you're just safe now. Anybody else have a challenge going? Well done. But I think you will accept the challenge anyway. This is a challenge coin. The men in uniform have. They design it for, the, for themselves particularly. And when they get together, they pull out a challenge coin. And whenever they are, they'll slam it on the table at the dining room, wherever they are eating. If you do not have your challenge coin, you cannot not take the challenge this man's going to give you. So I can put this challenge coin on the table and he can put his down. And I can't challenge him. So he's out of the challenge. The rest of you... I'm going to have to accept this challenge because I know you're proud Americans. You're patriot. You love your country. You love your men in service. So I am putting this challenge in this church. I am putting this coin here. And you have to accept this challenge. So my challenge is for you all to go out fishing for men. For you all to go out and invite some, especially men here, to the 8th of March, to the stepping up. And I haven't come up with some punishment yet for if you do not, but I'm going to work on that. But we take this serious. These men did. Oh my goodness, when they brought this challenge coin to each other, they, they fulfilled the challenge. There's no wimps in these men when they put this down. So I don't think i got any wimps in this congregation either. So you've been challenged to invite someone to this stepping up 8th of March. You're challenged to go fishing. You're challenged to throw your net out. And ladies, that's for you too. Start acknowledging Jesus Christ in your life to others and bring someone to church. You're challenged as well. Let's fulfill this challenge. Let's get out there and go fishing. The honor God came down here to little David, six-year-old, and they gave him a challenge coin. I asked him, what did you challenge him? He said, to grow up to be a man of God. To seduce his parents, read the Bible. Great challenge. So you have your challenge. At once they left their nets and followed him. Notice they had to leave the security of the familiar in order to fulfill their destiny. This is not going to be easy. I can see all your faces there. Yeah, right. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to find a punishment for you. You've got to take this seriously. You've got to get out there and start telling people about why you love Jesus Christ. We've got nothing to fear. Step out of your comfort zone. And in case you think you are too old to try something new like this, well, what about Abraham? He was 75 when he left his comforts of his home to establish a new nation. It's not your age that's the problem. It's your faith for all of us. Do you have the faith or are you scared that the person might respond this way or that way? Well, you're thinking that. You have no idea how the person is going to respond. So you know what? You don't do it. And who makes you not do it? That's our adversary. You're no threat. If you can keep you calm, pacified and watching TV, keeping your mouth shut because you can't talk about religion at work, you can't be seen to be doing this, and you, you just calm down and stay where you are, then he's, he's got you where you want to be. If you take this challenge, you're going to have to break that. Step out and go fishing. 
Bob Gassie writes this, Understand this, today you are just one step of obedience away from the next truth God wants you to learn about Him. So you cannot afford to stay where you are. We, are all, we all have a tendency to cling to the tried and true. The trouble with that is, when you are no longer being stretched, you begin to shrink. You become complacent. You think you can handle things on your own. And you stop growing. That is a dangerous place to be. If you feel restless at heart today and believe that God has more for you than you're being settling for now, then it's time to confront your fears, walk through them, and launch out into a new experience with Him. Are you up for that challenge? Well, you've got no choice in it because I put the challenge coin down. And I'll tell the honor guard, that's what I'll do. I'll bring the honor guard back here. You should see these magnificent men. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Their uniforms. Those shiny shoes made me go back and shine my boots. I was there with the cloth and Linda said, aren't you supposed to be practicing medicine? No, i got to get myself smartened up for these guys when they're there. Just amazing men committed to fallen heroes. To reach Jesus, you will have to leave behind those who want to stay and fish. They want to stay where they're at. Don't let them influence you. Move on. Whatever you need, God has already done it for you. He's got it all in place. You just have to obey Him and have faith. And faith equals trust. And He will give you the blessings that you won't even be able to handle. You have to surrender to the Lord. Give to the Lord. The Scriptures say in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And listen to this. How about this for a change? And test me now in this. Are we told over and over, don't test the Lord? Take a look at this. I'm challenging you, he's saying. Test me now in this. And look what else he says. says, the Lord of hosts. If you will not open, if I, that's him, will not open for you the, ho- the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. That's a promise, that's a fact, and I have experienced that. Even to the point where I, when I left Zimbabwe, when I was in Ireland, when I eventually got a job, I was earning 1,400 euros a month. My rent was 1,000 euros. And I had these two young men to feed, but they were little, so I was okay there. Lights and water and heating. And Linda said to me, so we're still going to tithe? Well, absolutely. Has God not taken care of us? Think, yeah, but maybe we should wait till we earn a little bit more and then we can tithe because we need every cent. No. Nope. He says, I will open for you the window of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. We never had any debt. We never were short. He fulfilled this. I didn't test him. I just actually believed this. I didn't need to test him. I don't need to test him. That's his promise. And Linda and I and the lads have seen God keep his promises over and over That's why I can say to you, do this. That's why I can throw that challenge out to you because I know He loves you. I know He wants to show you Himself. And I know He wants to fill your nets till it's ridiculous. Because you're going to go out, be so contagious to everybody else because you just can't 
not say, look, I've got to tell you what God is doing in my life. I know that he will do this. Follow his commands, his principles, and over and over he will return it back to you. But he has terms, and one of them says, seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. Are you doing that? Are you seeking what's important to him? What's important to God? What's his purpose? That he be glorified and magnified in everything you do and say. Are we doing that? Are we acknowledging him that people want to follow you? And where do you go to get all this information? What do you do? Whatever you are willing to walk away from ultimately determines what God can trust you with. The more I've walked away, more than I've given up, oh my goodness, the more he has handled. This walking away these fishermen did takes me back to Zimbabwe. The year before he told me to leave, I decided I wanted to be a Bass Pro, so I went and ordered a custom-built nitro-hull professional bass boat. They customized it to what I wanted, and it took a year for them to make my boat. I was going fishing. I just got the boat in October. In January, February, the Lord started saying, I need you to leave. Oh my goodness, to pack up, leave my boat. Are you serious? You know that boat stayed in Zimbabwe for like four years. I could not get myself around to selling that. I know what it's like to do what these men are doing here. Just pack it up and go. Come follow me. But yet there was a little part of me that thought, oh, you'll never replace that boat. I'm going to keep it. And I started realizing there's no water systems or lakes in Ireland to take a big bass boat like that. It wasn't worth keeping. Sound booth's gone. So it's time to hang up a sign, gone fishing. Can you change that slide there for me? Thank you. Get back to where you first met the Lord. It's time to seek Him again. Beware of anything that competes with you and Jesus Christ. Just look around. What is competing with you to stop you from coming to pray? Tuesdays, we had 16 people here, in and out. Isn't that awesome? And every one of those has been back to me saying what they prayed for. God has done something. This week, prayers for this funeral were phenomenal. We got through it. We did it. I know, I know for a fact, trying to do this funeral and put a message together, I was panicking. But then as people started to pray, I, I, I know it was God. I just... I was writing my sermon. I had bagpipes up and down the corridors, drums going, bugles going, and I'm sitting in my office, and it's just coming. And people in and out, oh, uh, Pastor, can you do this? Pastor, can you? Yeah, sure, sure. Back in there, like, wow, how's this, doing? how's this even possible? It's time for all of us to go fishing. Let's do this. Let's take this challenge. Let's honor the honor God's coin. Follow Jesus requires absolute obedience. God already knows what's best for you. He's told you over and over in the scriptures. He's shown you how he's taking care of his disciples. He wants to take you on a journey that you've not even experienced probably. Some of you have. Some of you might have been doing that and slipped away from it. 
Just think about all that we're seeing continue through Luke. When it's impossible, it becomes possible. So what are you frightened of? You will see Simon Peter and his partners did the impossible. They dropped their nets down just to appease the carpenter's son, and it becomes possible. If we all come together and pray and surrender to God's leading, we'll see marriages restored, people reading the Word of God, people getting their prayers answered, people listening to each other. So are you ready to go fishing? Let's cast the net. Let's share about Jesus and tell people how important He really is. Let's come to learn about God's purposes, plans, His love. This, share with people this unconditional love. You know, when, as I look around here, I know some of you that have got some difficulty and something's just happened. But if we don't come together, there's only going to be me praying. But we've got people in here that have got some issues and they would really love to see the impossible become possible. They really want to see God answer prayer. So if we come together and hear that person's need and start, okay, let's pray with you together. Like people got together around this funeral to pray for Jake and I and everybody involved. It was unbelievable in here. We need to share God's love. It's huge. And he proved it to us. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. I've said over and over how he abides in you. He wants to reach the world. Come and follow me, he's saying. He wants to be the leader. He is the leader. God sent his son to walk and talk with mankind. We have it here. And if you have a Bible that shows what he says in red, listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he says to these men. Simon Peter and his disciples were taught by him. and All about the Father and the purpose of life. He wants to be glorified in our lives, in everything we do and say. The other part of the plan was that Jesus would have to be tortured, beaten, and then nailed to a cross. He did this for all of us, like our soldiers, like these men in uniform. Put their lives out there. Some of them have sacrificed their lives for their other buddies. I heard Mike Blue say, it's a brotherhood. There's, you could feel this camaraderie in the corridors of men standing in uniform there and love for one another. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we would stand before a holy God, innocent. And he's just saying, you know, do you really believe in his death, burial, and resurrection? Do you believe in Jesus? And then Jesus does the impossible again. He raises, He rises from the dead. He's alive today calling out to you who do not know him. You need to make this decision today if you don't know him. Now. To believe in him, to invite him into your life, into your heart, to acknowledge him, that you need him. You need to confess with your mouth and you will be saved. So in closing, let's go fishing. Let's look around and throw that net out and say, right, these are the guys I'm inviting to this challenge. And I start praying for them. Be persistent. Be persuasive. I remember at Frontier, 
someone said to me, you know, you can't persuade people to do this. I'm not a betting man, but I did came out of my mouth. Do you want to bet? Have you seen what Paul does? Do you see what's recorded about Paul? It says, and if you look in your concordance or do a word search, the word persuade. Persuade them to come. Don't be this gentle Christian. Be a fired up Christian. I need you to come and you need this, so you better come with me. I'll pay. I'll sort it out because God will pay you. He'll provide for you. Don't worry about the money. When I met that mentor of mine on the street, I invited him to a rugby game and as I did, I went, God, I can't even pay for my own ticket, let alone his ticket. And he said, no, I won't come and he walked away and as he got to his door, he said, no, you know what? I'll come as long as I can buy my own ticket. See? God's in control. Think about this. I've been talking to you about the, word, the book Fearless. I start reading this book. What is it all about? The military. At the end of the book, I have to go through this funeral with Adam. There's pictures in the back of the book of this. I'm bawling reading this book. I'm grieving for this man. I heard Pastor Jake, it's important to grieve before the funeral. I really didn't grieve for manna. I, I had grieved so much through fearless seeing that funeral, that military gathering around Adam's funeral. God was preparing me to meet men in uniform again. Not only that, I just finished that book and Adam kept referring to another book called The Tender Heart of a Warrior. So just before I got told about this funeral, I bought that book. And in chapter 1 of the book, I started, I opened it as to calm myself when I knew I was going to be involved in the funeral and Pastor Jake and I were trying to identify what we were going to do and he said, I know what you're going to do. I said, okay. So he said, you'll do the message. So I said, okay. Went there, opened, I need someone to distract me. Open this. It was chapter one and what was it about? The call of duty in the line of duty. And that's what Pastor Jake said. You know, this funeral, I know what we need to be focused on. It needs to be on the line of duty. Who filled the church? Every man in uniform. There wasn't very many people from the public. This funeral was for men in uniform in the line of duty. Do you think these two books are a coincidence to come into my life to prepare me to face these magnificent men in uniform? No, he was preparing me to be in the zone with these kind of men. These are different people. These are warriors. You have to treat them differently. So I'd like to close with you in prayer. In Jesus' name, we ask, Lord, that you will help us to step out of the boat and follow you. Help us to go fishing, Lord. To look for men, women, to acknowledge you, to tell people what you have done and what you're still going to do. Lord, help us to be fishermen of men, Help us, to, Lord, to be obedient, to have the same faith as the men that surrendered their lives to follow you. They walked away from the biggest catch they had probably ever seen materialistically. They walked away from families. They walked away from their comfort zone. But the reward for following you is eternal life with you. And the here and now we see you do the impossible through us.